0: Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for the Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a
1: lot going on in technology, as always
0: And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading Two Bikes Talking Tech, episode 91 with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick. We're here every week, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au if you want to get in touch and find out about the latest in networking for your home or small business. This is Two Bikes Talking Tech, lots to talk about Stephen, welcome.
1: Hi mate, how are you?
0: Very well, uh, another busy week and a very uh, Christmassy week because all the tech uh, companies seem to be having their Christmas parties this week and you're representing the blokes because I'm in Melbourne, so I'm missing out on all the good stuff. Yeah, well,
1: I'm going to a Christmas party every night on our behalf, Trevor, <laughs> so don't worry, I'm representing. It's tough, but uh, I'm, I'm doing it for us, mate. Don't it's worry. a
0: tough job, but someone's got to do it. And Absolutely. we're here thanks to Netgear. As I say, let's get cracking. Now, something I don't know that we've really put much thought into as as a society is what time is a good time to go shopping online because, you know, you think about retail stores, you know, you, if you want to get there first, you've got to get there early in the morning or, you know, it's just, it's a, it, there's a whole different mentality. And I think uh, it's really interesting to me that when you think about the stats that are available to anyone using a computer, um, and certainly people like Kogan, and this is where this story comes from, Rosalind Kogan, because he knows every minute that someone, someone makes a transaction, he can actually tell us that, you know, people are doing a lot of shopping during the day while they're at work. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to think that these kind of statistics are available and kind of interesting to think back on your own purchasing habits and say, when do I buy things? I don't know about you, but I, I think I'm more of an evening person.
1: Yeah, well, I think, uh, the, according I'm like you, I think I'd be an evening person too, very late evening person, but uh, I don't know how uh, our employers would be receiving this news, the fact that we're taking time out of our day to shop online, but as Rosalind Kogan says, uh, in the story that I published on Tech Guide, he says, "Well, what's better, them f- a few mouse clicks at lunch during their lunch break, or them hopping off to the shopping centre for a few hours?" Uh, so that kind of puts in their perspective a little bit the sure. fact that it is uh, that convenience factor, and good to know that most of those transactions are happening while people are on their breaks, between 12 and 2. We're seeing that, but interestingly though, the, the Kogan stats do back up what we've always felt is that the evening, where we're sort of in front of the telly, we've had our dinner, we're just relaxed they're the times we tend to get online get out the credit card and do make those online purchases and he he saw that spike but another spike at night between 8 uh, p.m and 10 p.m that's when I that's when I would sort of help online when the work's done you can relax you're, you're looking around for a few things and that, that's when I normally make my purchases so yeah I think those stats hold true for me at least
0: And that's the second screen thing. It's all well and good for uh, media companies to say that the second screen is all about engaging with, you know, the television program, maybe through social media. But really the second screen is just the fact that we are multitasking these days. We'll sit and watch TV and we'll be on our laptop or our tablet and we'll actually physically do different things. You know, you can be watching a whole TV show, but in the breaks, let alone, you know, during the show itself, you can be shopping for shoes and um, comparing prices And this is the interesting thing for me, and this is where these stats become really important, it it should add value to to nighttime television advertising when you think about the fact that if people are smart, they'll be able to turn that advertising into sales right there and then because that's what people
1: are doing. Well, I think, you know, that the next wave of this uh, online shopping is going to be where during programs, and I'm not talking about commercials i 'm talking about during actual yep. reality shows or a right. drama or right. whatever you, yeah you, you can buy there'll be a code or something that appears on the screen where you like I don't know a woman's wearing a, a nice dress or something or a guy's got a nice watch on you'll be able to buy that product I think that's well, think that's where we're reality. heading
0: think about the fact that you know you can point your camera at something and it knows what it is the google glasses kind of thing imagine that imagine you could just take a photo of the screen right now and go, you know what? Where's that dress from? Where's that hat from? What sort of golf clubs is he using? And using, you know, databases, it basically says, well... Alf Stewart on Home and Away uses a you know Titleist or whatever it is, and bingo, you, that's yeah. the product that you can be searched for. It's pretty, it's the, pretty awesome to think about. Nifty. The jets and stuff we can do in the future. Oh,
1: but, but imagine though trying to do this during like a Bond film. Like you'd be. <laughs> can you buy an Aston Martin, you reckon, or uh, the Sony Xperia phone? Like it's uh, or a no, Heineken. The...
0: <laughs> what about the? What about the? I mean, I'm not a big Bond fan, but I noticed uh, an ad for for I think it was Heineken. Yeah, that's and it right. was just it was literally an ad that was full on. You know, shooting. It was like a movie. Yeah. And it was just Bond at the end of it. I'm going, geez, what about the commercialisation of that? But Absolutely. that's exactly what we're talking about. Well, that's about. a
1: big, th- th- just on that, just like uh, Bond's normally a martini shaken, not stirred. Now he's drinking yeah. beers. He's on the Heinys now. So uh, oh, Bond for the modern age. Oh, it's like gone
0: crazy. So look, it'll be interesting to see whether over the next few months, maybe, and certainly the next year or so, other online retailers start to talk about these statistics because, you know, Kogan's a smart bike. We, we've always recognised that. And uh, he's, I think he's actually learnt a lot from the early days of being a publicity whore um, to really now turning that into genuine publicity and genuine conversations about the industry. Um, so he's becoming an industry right. leader, which is a really Absolutely. smart move for him.
1: Well, he's got everything to gain out of this, hasn't he? Just educating yeah. people. And half that story was the fact how easy it is a few mouse clicks and you're done. Uh, so, yeah, I think there, there was obviously a motive behind releasing those stats. Uh, and I took the bait. I read the, wrote the story and wrote, wrote his, uh, included his quote. So, yeah, it's, uh, obviously he's going to be banging the drum about online shopping and, of, of course, everyone else is following suit.
0: And there's been stories around the last 24 hours of, you know, the, the post-Christmas bust in, in general retail and now Harvey Norman saying he'll be the last man standing. But, you know, this is a really important time. This next couple of years, frankly, is a huge time for retail companies um, not just bricks and mortar, but just retail companies, making sure they've got their strategy oh, absolutely. right. Absolutely, it's time they for need some to hard learn decisions. From these kind of things. That's exactly right. Yeah. They need to learn from these these yeah. stats. They need to know their. The, the thing for me is, okay, if you're the CEO of Meyer or David Jones, and clearly you're listening to two blokes talking tech, which we do. Um, I mean, I think I think there's a statistic, Stephen, isn't there, that you know, uh, 400 of the top. Fortune 500 companies listen to t Box Talking Tech. That's I think that's the hearing. stat. Yes, um, But <laughs> if, you're, if you're a CEO and you don't know that kind of information, so that's the thing. Again, Rosalind Cogan, smart bloke, but he knows that because he wants to know it. And if yeah. you're in retail and you're a CEO, you know what time of day people are coming into the stores. You should be knowing what time of day people are opening up the web too. So Absolutely. ask yourself those questions. And even if you're a small retailer, those are the questions you should know because then you can challenge your web builder and stuff to take advantage of those things so anyway it's it's an interesting statistic and you can read more about that on Stephen's story at techguide.com.au. Two tech. you're listening to two blokes talking tech. With
1: now I've always regarded myself as a, a man of action, Trevor, and uh, it's good to know that Sony have a, a camera that uh, fits that description—an action cam. Um, and uh, I had a I reviewed it on Tech Guide today, and this is a sort of camera, brand new category for Sony. On—they've um, made uh, lots of digital cameras in the past, but yeah. they've thrown their hat in the ring uh, where the GoPros and the Contour series have seen a lot of success. So they've decided to enter this space with uh, their Sony Action Cam. I gave it a bit—literally gave it a a bit of a test drive i took it to hawaii with me as a matter of fact and went under uh, under the water with it at hanuma bay did a bit of snorkeling with it and uh, i was very happy with the results there's a couple of features i think that could be improved but is this the sort of camera that you could find yourself using trev
0: look i think these things are really interesting because um i've used the contours more than anything else um i like the contours because uh, they've got the the helmet strap um, they've got a the really good helmet mount situation yeah. going. This one's got a pretty good um, mounting system yeah, to set up has, itself yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, I mean, GoPro really do set the market here, but I think Contour uh, have a really unique product with some of their features. So this this product here is probably going to challenge Contour a lot more than it will GoPro just because of the market yeah. sa- size that GoPro has. Absolutely. But what it really says is that this is a ridiculously expanding market. I mean, I, um, I had the Contour plus two uh, recently, and uh, I, I did a quick write-up on EFTM. We're going to have a full video on EFTM of that soon because my brother-in-law does does diving, uh, proper scuba diving off Manly, and he took it for a video. And it, Just forget which product it is. This category is amazing, and the things that people shoot uh, are just amazing, oh, yeah. you know, it's whether a... it's scuba diving or yeah. just, you know, your, your, your cycle commute to work or whatever it is, people are wanting to capture things for memories but also uh, records, <laughs> you know, so there's, well, this whole, there's this whole, hey, that guy cut me off in traffic thing going on, <laughs> so I think Sony had to be in this market.
1: No, true, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I called it a, a point of view camera. This is sort of, yep. you see what I see and experience what, I've, what I'm experiencing. Um, just to sort of delve into the actual product itself, uh, it, is, it is quite small. It, it only weighs 65 grams, so it easily fits in the palm of your hand. What I like about it too, it comes with a watertight case. So there's no need to shell out uh, added Extra. uh, e- extras for the water tie case. Cause let's face it, you want to get this thing, you want to go underwater, you want to get in the surf. That's why you want to use it. But um, And I found the video quality very good. One drawback, though, one big thing I think they've, they've made a blue with here is it doesn't have image uh, or video rotation. And by that, I mean oh, you have to really? hold the action cam upright to get your video upright. If you decide to lay it on its side, for example, or you know, might want to strap it to something, uh-huh. uh, you're going to have to then put that video the right way in post-production. It's not like your smartphone where no matter what way you hold it, the image uh-huh. is the right way up. So yeah, I think that's that that's a bit, that's of, a a bit smile, of a blue yeah. on their part because the GoPro has it, the Contour has it, um, and that's, that's one thing that, that really sort of stood out for me was the fact that, you know, it is, it is meant to be go anywhere with you, do anything with you, but that, that was a pretty serious limitation.
0: I'm not an expert, but I would suggest that it's a software feature, so it's quite likely they could... Um they could do some work on that with Maybe. a with a firmware upgrade. So we'd have to wait and see how that goes. Quite Price-wise, I mean, how's it compare? Yeah,
1: it's three hundred ninety-nine dollars, so it's in the ballpark of the GoPro. Uh, the Go—they've just released the GoPro Three, which is sort of the the device, uh, this the action cam to to own at the moment. But uh, I said in the review, uh, you know, th- this isn't a bad first attempt from Sony. There is a version, a cheaper version that doesn't have Wi-Fi. I've got to add, this has Wi-Fi, so it also comes with a companion app, so you can use the app to uh, actually you use the smartphone screen as your viewfinder. You can yep. also use it to control the camera and also to transfer video. But uh, it's very hard to do that when you're underwater 100 feet. So I don't think that's a, not something you'll be using in while you're shooting, maybe afterwards. But um, another little thing too, uh, when it's in the, the watertight case itself, I've described this as uh, the, one of the best features but also one of the biggest hindrances. By that I mean when it's in the case you don't have access to any of the settings. You can only start recording and stop recording. And even if you want to add a microphone, for example, you, you need to uh, open up the bottom flap no. and put a cable in. So, you know, the external microphone should be okay. But just these little things that, you know, you're going to shell out $399 for a camera. You want it to be able to do everything you want it to do. Not quite on the money, I think. Here. I've given it three and a half stars on Tech Guide. So, uh, you know, I think, like I said, a great first attempt from Sony. And, uh, and this is only a category that's only going to get bigger.
0: Yeah, test the water and, uh, and see what they can do with version 2, which I'm sure we'll, um, we'll start to see very quickly. This is not a one-year life cycle. This is going to be a product cycle much shorter than that. We'll have to keep our eyes open for that, but if you're into the market for a point-of-view camera, uh, like the GoPro, the Contour, or now the Sony product, check it out at techguide.com.au. And as I said at the start of the show, we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au, for all your home and small business networking needs. Now, whether it's bringing the Internet into your home through a a modem or or communicating the Internet throughout your home with router or, or power line technologies, it's pretty amazing what NetKey can do for you, and I think that if you're in the, in the space where you're, you're enjoying two blokes talking tech and you've got technology in your home like a, a tablet computer, a laptop computer, and potentially even, you know, a connected television, you need to start thinking about your network and how it's configured because this dual-band networking really does add capabilities to your network that you don't know that you can get, like separating the video and the Skype and your, your uh, video on demand or movie downloads onto one part of the network and your general internet traffic onto another. Those those are the things that Netgear products can do and you can check out a full range of Netgear routers and products at netgear.com.au. They're proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech and we uh, expect you to support them as well. netgear.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With It doesn't feel like that long ago we were in San Jose for the launch of the the iPad mini and um, the the surprise launch of several other products. And when the iMac, this new beautiful super thin iMac was announced, they said the 21 inch would be available in November and the 27 inch in December. So what surprised (laughs) me was it's almost the end of November and luckily late last night we got an email saying the 21 inch would be available on Friday, I think it is, and it's, that's cutting it very close to the bone.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, they they weren't lying. They said November. It's the last day of November. Uh, there were there were a lot of. I was hearing a lot of reports that that uh, this product, because of the demands of production, was uh, possibly going to slip to 2013. But it's really good news to hear that they they are going to. They're true to their word. Uh, our friends at Apple, they are going to release the the 21.5 inch uh, model first in November. Hopefully, uh, probably, can we expect a New Year's Eve launch of the 27-inch? I'm not oh. sure, end of December.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I contacted Apple because, I, as you know, I'm going to buy one. And uh, I said, you know, you can't go to the website, you can't order one yet. Uh, and they literally said, our system says December. So I'm really hoping that basically on, on Saturday I can ring up and start ordering one, even if it's a you know three-week delay. I want to order one. I want to know what the pricing is for the configuration for these things. And I think that's an interesting thing for me because they they release pricing broadly at the launch. And I just, the whole configuration, you can't sit down and actually work out what an actual product's going to be when you want to add a bit of RAM and choose yeah. the Fusion Drive and all those things. So we still really don't know because you can't actually go in and customize those things because this is a landmark product for Apple. You know, it's got the Fusion Drive, the hybrid, solid state and spinning disk drive. This yeah. is a really important product for them. And they had to... To launch this thing in November, otherwise they would have looked like they were going back on their word, and that is something that Apple cannot afford to do right now.
1: Now I agree. Now I think uh, this, this is really going to be a bit of a game changer for their desktop range. The iMac's been a, always been a very popular popular product uh, in the in the Mac range, but uh, I can still remember when when uh, Phil Schiller first revealed this at, uh, in San Jose when we were there. And, and the, the reaction of the crowd was incredible. The thin mm-hmm. edge of the product is just like, a, uh, like literally a shadow of its former self. It's so much smaller. Yeah. I think it's 40% less volume and, and really thin, like half a centimetre edge, five millimetres on each side. Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting. Well, We, we got a brief look at it uh, at, uh, at, in San Jose. I'm looking forward to getting uh, a review model to really put it through its paces.
0: Yeah, well, I'll be doing one, one step more than that. I'm going to buy one, a 27-inch, to replace my current one because I find it to be a very reliable and a, a great-looking machine to, to have on the desk. So, and I think I think the look of it is what sells some of these things. Let's not kid ourselves. People buy cars because they look good, they and they, they will buy computers because they look good. And that's what Apple's nailed, that other companies seem to have just not been able
1: to follow in terms of design i've I've got the i've got an imac that's that's now i think two and a half years old so Mm. these models do quite do have i find quite a long life they're they're fully specced up they're 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 still mine's still very fast and and everything like that but seeing this product on uh when it comes out you you do think well i may may uh, be tempted to upgrade as well
0: that's the kicker for everyone, so I'm hoping there's a second-hand market for them as well. Uh, so the iMac, I'd love to hear from people if you're, if you're interested in the iMac. Is this, uh, is this the time to buy one? Uh, do you think we're going to get it by, de- by the end of December, as you said, mate? Uh, New Year's Eve. Maybe New Year's Eve. Yeah. Do we go? Yeah. Uh, do
1: we go get our spots for the fireworks on the harbour, or do we line up outside the Apple Store? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll be waiting for the courier to arrive. Uh, iMac on sale uh, this this week. Uh, the twenty one inch, and uh, I guess Apple. dot com. I use the place to go if you're looking at uh, customising and, and buying one of those yourself. Uh, in December for the twenty seven inch. So you're listening to two blokes talking tech.
1: Now, one uh, one term we hear often when it comes to our mobile phone plans, uh, and that's bill shock. That is the act of you being shocked when you open your bill. <laughs> funny enough, that's uh, where it derives its name. And earlier this week, uh Maasim, funny enough, were uh, published some results from Macquarie University that that did a, a quite a, quite an in-depth study at uh, the prices that that Australian consumers were paying for their capped plans, and they were very quick to point out that most people. Uh, Uh, well, a lot of people, I should say, like upwards of 30% in some cases were paying way over the cap. So uh, for example, a $59 cap plan, uh, people's bills would normally be around the $73 mark. So it just goes to show that uh, the cap is the minimum you'll pay, not necessarily the most you'll pay. So an amazing being a SIM-only provider, so it's BYO smartphone, they take the, the smartphone out of the equation and they can they thereby offer some pretty compelling contracts. So if you want to buy your phone up front, you get a decent deal if it's a SIM-only plan, but if you're paying off a smartphone as well as the services on a two-year contract on a, on a cap, you are more than likely going to get a shock when you open that bill.
0: And you know, it's it's kind of like the Kogan thing. Uh, I may seem have learnt very clearly that one way to get people talking about them is to is to do research. Uh, Some people, some journalists, especially criticise companies for that, but excuse me, I find this to be very interesting, um, to be able to get real statistics. And these aren't, you know, just amazing ringing people. This is Macquarie University doing, doing studies. Yes, amazing pay for the study, but it's actually good to hear statistics on, on what people are doing because I'm always shocked by the number of people I speak to who are paying over the odds for their mobile phones. And, you know, I spoke to someone today who was on a $29 plan. I said, that's excellent. And I said, how often do you pay 29? And, uh, and they said, oh, very rarely, because, you know, it always goes a little bit over. And I'm like, this is what I don't understand. You know, you can get unlimited plans for 40 bucks. You can get pretty good plans for 30 bucks. But more importantly, you can actually monitor your usage. And this is my key advice to people: is actually monitor what you're doing on a monthly basis. Check your check your bill. Check what it says. And on an on- ongoing basis, log onto the website of the provider and find out how much you've used and yeah. how much you've got left. Because you can avoid bill shock quite
1: easily. You these can. Days. Uh, that's true. And, and I think the, an interesting part of the report that I found was that even people who uh, who maybe sort of thought, well, no, I need to move up to a higher plan. Even people on like caps of like $129 were still blowing their cap, uh, $79. So across the board, uh, the, the stats show that up to 40% of customers are affected by Bill Shock. And that added – that extra money on top of plans added up. So cumulatively across the nation in a year – we're paying an extra $557 million. That's more than half a billion dollars in mm. added costs, and that's through breaking our call caps, so, you know, our added value of calls. We break... Overseas calls, breaking our data allowances, calling certain numbers that aren't included in our cap. A lot of people don't realise you can't call 1-3 numbers or thirteen eighteen hundred 1,800 numbers and things like that. So uh, there's these are little traps for young players there that can get people into trouble and then result in them uh, opening their, uh, their bills and getting that out of shock.
0: And, and look, the, the last thing I'll say, and again, I, I learned this from from Rolf Hanson, the, the boss of Amacium because he's, he's a good bloke and he loves chatting about this stuff. And, you know, you and I can talk underwater, so I, he, he hates <laughs> having, having coffee with me because I talk for hours. But, you know, the thing about cap plans is this, and I've learned this from Rolf, and I, I'm happy to admit that, that he's the one that kind of taught me this. But the fact is that a cap plan is only good if you literally use the, the $400 worth of included value or the certain number of megabytes. If you use less than that, then you're paying more than you should. Be. And if you yeah. use more than that, then you're, you're getting stung by the bill that you're paying. So unless you're right in that sweet spot of usage, yeah. you're, you're getting stung. So you, I find you're better off on a low-cost, unlimited plan than you are on a high-end Cap plan, I just don't understand why more people aren't doing it. So Absolutely. If it gets people thinking and talking, all the better for it. And uh, Amazium, Red Bull, Boost, there's all these companies out there that do it. Um, just consider your options when you're off a plan um, because being off a plan is a liberating thing, let alone potentially a very big cost-saving thing. Uh, you can check out the, the, the information about that survey at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech.
1: You're
0: listening to Two Blokes Talking
1: Tech. We'll travel on.
0: I yeah, mean, a few weeks ago, uh, I don't know, probably three or four weeks ago, maybe more, um, we, we mentioned quickly that Dick Smith was starting to sell the iPhone 4 and 4S outright, which was uh, kind of revolutionary because, you know, Dick Smith didn't have the phones outright there before. and. Uh, Interesting. This week, they've announced they've got the iPhone 5 available outright, and outside of Apple stores, I-, I can't think of too many other places that you can do that because most places are resellers for the big telcos, and they're signing up on contracts.
1: That's right. Yeah. Now, this was uh, surprising news today, and I, and it is from right now. There's selected stores. There's 50 across the country, and I've listed them on my story on Tech Guide. Uh, yeah. So the it's, it's only the 16 gigabyte model, so uh, that that is available. Both SKUs, black and the white, uh, and it's uh, selling. For for $788, which is a, a huge $11 discount from the price at the Apple store. <laughs> but uh, but it is only limited to the 16-gig model, which for, you know, look, look back at the uh, story that we just finished about uh, the Bill Shock and Amazim's sim-only plan. You know, you, you buy you you've paid for an iPhone 5, seven hundred eighty-eight dollars. You can then spring for an amazing plan, and, and there you go, you're you're on a you're on a plan that gives you unlimited calls, unlimited text, four gig of data. Uh, these are the sort of deals that people need to look for, rather than having to pay a phone off over two years. Uh, if they can grab a, a phone like this, and there are plenty of others. Look, the iPhone's not the only one out there. There's a lot of lot cheaper no, phones right. for one ninety-nine, two ninety-nine, even around that mark. Uh, So, but uh, Dick Smith have jumped in on the iPhone 5 game, and the full list of those stores are on Tech Guide.
0: And I think what's important about that, because it seems weird to some people that Dick Smith will even bother, but you've got to remember, not everyone has an Apple store nearby. Certainly, Sydney's well covered with Apple stores. You've got Chatswood, The City, Broadway, Penrith, Hornsby, it's well covered. But other capital cities have got one, maybe two, and... When you think about Dick Smith and there's 50 stores, that's a pretty good footprint for Apple to expand the footprint of the iPhone. And essentially, you know, 16 gigs is the cheapest model, so it's an easy win for them. Yep. It's not about the $11 saving. It's <laughs> it's about the footprint, the retail footprint that they can get through that um, through that relationship. That's right. Smith, yeah.
1: But... There's uh, stores in Northern Territory, Western Australia, South Australia, Rockhampton, all over the place. They're yep. uh, Conan everywhere, Mount Druitt. There they're they're also selling a lot, interestingly though, the Dick Smith stores in Broadway here in New South Wales and Bondi here in New South Wales as well there are Apple stores in those locations. so uh, I don't know. Well, there's, hey, if you want to save $11, go downstairs. <laughs> down there. There's even the Sydney, the George Street store. Do you remember when uh, the iPad 2 launched? Yeah. And uh, people were just walking up to the counter at Dick Smith and buying them. People been waiting all night for them down at the Apple store. There's also the George Street Dick Smith store's got them as well. So, uh, so if you uh, want there's to read no, that, uh... Uh,
0: that full list of uh, Dick Smith stores, you can check out the yarn at techguide.com.au. Now, importantly, uh, a much uh, a respected part of this program is, uh, is your minute reviews. And yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit more than a minute because mainly because you never go a minute. You're normally a minute <laughs> and a half anyway. So yeah. let's be clear. You've got a couple of minutes this time. But a couple of very interesting products. And the first one, um, a very interesting change in product line, uh, an expansion in product line for a company. Some people would have seen the name and but maybe not really associated with it anything um, high-flying because it's really been a, a very um, hardware style thing that you might see in the odd store but uh, a very interesting iPad mount product.
1: That's right, start the clock Trevor the company, Sanus, their specialty mounting systems mainly TV mounting systems but this week have released an iPad mounting system, it's a very interesting one, it uses magnets, now it all starts with a magnetic case on the back of the case is a magnetic ring, on its own that can be attached to a fridge or any other metallic object so you can turn your fridge into to an internet fridge by popping a case on and attaching your laptop, uh, but the other mounts there's some simple uh, round just metal mounts that are that just can screw into the wall. The case then attaches to them quite simply. But the ones that really caught my eye were the cabinet and desktop mounts, and they've they've both got uh, articulated arms so that they can be uh, inserted, installed underneath a cabinet, for example, so that you can pull it out, be reading the screen while you're cooking, but 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 still still keeping your desk uh, desk your bench space pretty clear. There's also a desktop version so that you can add a stand to that arm, adjust the arm to the correct uh, height, comfortable height for you to type. Uh, so It's just really, uh, for, a, for a product like the iPad, which is used in so many ways around the home, not only as a browser or email and for apps, but it's also used for things like home automation, home theatre control, for cooking, for all these kinds of uses. Having it on hand with these mounts around the home uh, are very quite handy. The case itself is 49 995 and the mounts uh, range between 12995 14995 but if you do buy there is a set there where you get a case and a couple of other little wall mounts as well all the reports uh, and pictures as well at techguide.com.au
0: and importantly I think the best part about that is the idea of an internet fridge in on on in an instant with your iPad so great stuff um the other product, mate, um, this is a very strange one, protecting is, your sleeves.
1: This is, well, you know, this is, we're getting into summer now, Trevor, okay? So what, what happens in summertime? We like to go to the beach, we like to swim, we like to get outdoors. And what, but we also like to take our devices with us. Now, we need to, to pr- protect our devices in these types of environments. And a company called Legend has come up with a really interesting little concept, and they're the protect your range of sleeves. So protect your, as in protect your smartphone, tablet, they've come up with a range of sleeves designed for specific devices. They've got a range for smartphones, They've got an iPhone version. They've got an iPad version, an e-reader version. And they're basically a Ziploc bag, uh, quite a sturdy bag, so it's it's pretty strong, that you insert your device, zip up the top of the bag, and then it become, it protects it from things like, obviously, you know, splashes of water, dust, sand. Have you ever dropped your phone on sand at the beach? It goes everywhere. Now, with, with a bag like this, it'll protect it. You go fishing, you're in the garden, even cooking. Like we mentioned before, a lot of people like to use their iPad uh, as a bit of a recipe. Book so that not want to get ingredients and flour and all dirt all, all, all that stuff on their iPad. And using a sleeve like this helps you protect it. Now, I did get a very funny email from a reader who saw this story. Now, they're they're fourteen dollars for a packet of ten sleeves. And this reader quite it was quite funny. He said, "Look, you're paying fourteen dollars for ten sleeves. I can get I can get ten sandwich bags for two dollars thirty five. But I can get it
0: for five <laughs> bucks of Scooby Doo on them
1: too. But, but look, the, the good thing about this is that you can still use." Use the device while it's in the sleeve, so the touchscreen still works. If you've got an e-reader, a tablet, right. an iPad. So it's, uh, it's look, for low-cost, bit bit of a low-tech solution to protect your high-tech device. Protect your sleeves. There's uh, $14 for a packet of 10
0: And you can send them at techguide.com.au. Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes talk- Well, there we go, another one in the can, episode 91. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au for their support, Stephen. Keeping in touch with everything you're doing at techguide.com.au, except you're not really mentioning and showing pictures from the Christmas party, so we'll just have to use our imagination. Not
1: yet. No, I have got a few pictures up my sleeve, Trevor, but we're just keeping them to ourselves for the moment.
0: All right, you can uh, download us each and every week at iTunes, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook at com. Thanks for listening. I'm Trevor Long from com, and you can read Stephen at techguide.com.au.